Welcome to Episode 9 of Ladies Talking Leaves. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And this is exciting. It seems like forever since we've been, that we've talked, but I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of strange. I don't know. It's very strange this time, this time with the whole isolation, the quarantine. Yes, but, so this is our, um, our second isolation podcast. Yes, um, so we are recording. doing remotely. <laughs> um, it's, it is odd. It's, um, it feels like time is just sort of standing still somehow. It just, yeah. I don't know. It's like but at the same day. time, it's flying. I don't know. It's very, very strange time, like you said. Yeah. So first, we just want to start off thanking our healthcare workers and um, everything that they've been doing for us and they continue to do. And the sad situation in some cases, um, and they're they're somehow able to get through each day and, and, and help everybody basically try and get through this pandemic. So we thank all of them. And, and yeah. I, and I, I want to thank all the people too that are staying inside yeah. to, yeah. you know, help limit the spread as well. And especially on a day like today, which was so beautiful, we're recording on, on uh, Sunday, May 3rd. And uh, it was a, a really our first lovely day more than 20 degrees and you know hopefully people stayed inside it would be it was hard to do but um but yeah limiting our contact that's not easy and in in a way we're kind of thankful that we get to be in contact with our listeners in this way so and and with we with each other too because this is sort of like a our chance to sort of chat as well I have to say, actually, I was supposed to do this the last show, but I have to thank Serge Ibaka. <laughs> He's a Toronto <laughs> Raptor, obviously, but uh, not a Maple Leaf, but I just love his content on, on Instagram with his How Bored Are You segments, and then he's now, I guess, advanced a little bit and doing some talent show, saying, how talented are you? <laughs> so <laughs> I just love the guy. I think he's just great on there. So thank you very much, Serge Ibaka, for the... Uh, for the entertainment, because for me, these little snippets of like Willie doing the little TikTok two Z thing or whatever he was doing with uh, his brother, I don't know what it was. It was he was in a nice place at least. Um, I mean, that doesn't cut it for me. I like shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> the other thing. thing la- go ahead. The other thing yeah. too with him is uh, with with Ibaka. He's you know he's involved in in charity work too. He's doing. Um, uh, like ads yeah, for Fred yeah, Victor, Fred, you know, yeah. for um, homeless people, which, you know, are definitely a group that are hard hit in this situation. Um, yeah. So he's, he's, he's a special guy. It's hard to believe he was once thought of as a shy NBA player. I can't even imagine. Yeah, I, I can't imagine <laughs> that, that that was either. ever the case. Yeah, but, um, yeah. but yeah, he's definitely um, someone who, um, is is fun to watch and keeps us all engaged. Yeah. So, have you been watching any of the game, any of the old games on TV? You or know no? what? I'm not into it. No. I listen okay. to a few on the radio, but I, yeah. for some reason, like I, I don't know. I'm kind of one of those people that is like, once I've done something once, uh, it, that's it for me. I, I really have not been interested in rewatching stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've I've watched a couple of them, like the Sens Leafs game, and I watched mm-hmm. the Game Five game of uh, which I totally forgot how Mike Felino with that crazy goal celebration where he jumped in the air and everything. <laughs> and Game Game Five, I watched that 
last night on the Saturday night. But no, the game that I loved, I watched the on Friday night, I think. It was the Habs versus the Nordique. It was hilarious. They had a bench-clearing brawl at the end of the second period. It was a playoff game. And then they had another one to start the third period. I love that. Just like old-time hockey at its best sort of thing. So that was, and the goalies got into it. It was just great. Anyways, I watched that the other night. That was fun. And um, yeah, but... Anyhow, that's all I've, I haven't really watched too much other than, uh, other than that. And um, just to get into now where we are um, with the league and I guess the state of the league at the moment um, and the possibility as to whether or not we will have a Stanley Cup playoff um, on April 29th. So I guess on Friday um, or Thursday. Thursday, I think. <laughs> There's a possibility of the, uh, I guess the the NHL said there is a possibility for team facilities to be open mid to late May. So the advice from the league was for players to consider whether they should plan to return to their club cities if they are elsewhere right now. So well, that's what they said. I mean, they'll have to, like, once the decision is made, those they'll have to come back because they'll have to quarantine for for two weeks, regardless. Yeah, yeah, and that's I think I think that's why they're they're kind of and trying I, to maybe get people to do it sooner. Well, and the other thing is, is ideally, I would think that it would make the most sense for everyone to travel on the same day because that way the quarantines will be the same. Do you know what I mean? Like there should be a small window of one or two, maybe three days where they get their flights and they do their travel. Because otherwise, if you have people coming in at all different times, then not everyone's going to be available at the same time. So that that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. And And then um, it would have to be by clearance from the, um, the governments too from either where they're leaving from or where they're coming to as far as whether that becomes deemed essential travel. Yeah, yeah. So, and the prime minister said today, this morning, like there was the question this morning about the NHL and um, mm-hmm. whether or not um, the, uh, I guess for players, whether or not they're going to be allowed across the border. Um, and Well, that's the thing. Yeah, and he he did say he's like we're not at that point yet, anyways. Um, but he did say that regard whatever the situation is, they're going to have to follow the country's rules. Like once they get mm-hmm. across that border, sort of thing. So they would have to do the quarantine thing or whatever, sort of thing. So I don't know. To me, well, it's- that's the thing though. Like if that's why, like I really don't think like I know that one of the one of the places that they were thinking of having a, a hub was was in like yeah. two of them are in Canada. I don't really see how you can do that. Yeah, because I know. Yeah, eventually, you know, you're going to have a situation where teams are going to have to travel. So then you're going to basically have to have two weeks in the middle of all of this where people have to quarantine again. Like at some point they'll all have to be either all in Canada or all in the States Yeah, because they can't keep going back and forth. It's just not going to open up that way. I don't think. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't know. It's, (laughs) there's still a lot of work to do, obviously, but the latest possibilities for those hub cities, Mm -hmm. the two Canadian cities, one of them was Edmonton and the other one, the Atlantic, it was by division as well, which I thought was interesting, right. they they kind of said. Um, and 
The other one, they said Toronto, but it wasn't really 100%. I mm-hmm. also thought Buffalo might be a, a good set up there. Yeah, in Buffalo, I but. actually think Buffalo might not be bad because it's smaller. I, I think Toronto is just the population is, is too great. Although the only reason, the only thing I can think of for Toronto is that because MLSE has that Hotel St. Germain, which is basically attached yeah. to the Scotiabank Arena, um, they could house everybody in that hotel, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the other one, and, and I they wouldn't have s- to go anywhere. They'd basically be at the rink the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And they also have like the, I guess, the Ford Center, uh, like for the practice, for practice. facility. Yeah. And they also have the rink. The Rico Coliseum they have too, so for games. So, yeah, um, yeah and the other ones basically bust them back and forth. Yeah, the other uh, cities in the states uh, was a, I guess a toss up between Minnesota and Dallas in the for the Central Division, and then um, Columbus or Pittsburgh for the um, and Pittsburgh has a really nice setup there. I know that with that. Um, I forget what it's called. It's the Mario Lemieux Center there. They have lots of ice pads there. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's it's just outside of Pittsburgh. But um, anyhow, it, there's a lot of things to be worked out there. Um, well, and it, regardless, like the teams, you know, however many teams they have, they'll have to be very close proximity to the rink because they're planning on doing triple headers every day, right? So yeah, three yeah. three games each day. Um, plus then there has to be practice time. So that's just, that's going to be chaotic for them, for the players. Yeah. But I guess that's de- why they get paid the big bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and then depending on how far or how, how long the NHL is willing to wait to resume the season, they did actually say that like, even for next season, a start could be in as late as December. So mm-hmm. they are willing to push this as far as they can. Um, and and then, interestingly, on Friday night, late Friday night, there was some developments on the draft um, mm-hmm. where, uh, I guess, the NHL sent a memo to the team saying that they wanted to, I guess, they're pretty sure that they want to move up the draft to the early June, which... Oh, okay. So make it sooner. Yeah, make it sooner, which to me, it didn't make any sense either because mm-hmm. I think myself, okay, normally at the draft, you do trades. Like, how are you going to do a trade? Maybe they won't allow trades in this situation. I don't know. Steve Eisenman is wasn't for it, and um, and a lot of other teams aren't for the early draft part. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. questions that remain for that. But apparently, the league, by the sounds of it, is going to shove it down their throats, as they, as someone said, to say that they're definitely going to have it. Maybe it's a marketing issue. Maybe they want uh, to get people talking about the league again before we actually start playing again. Yeah, I, I think that's they sort saw. Of what's, that's sort of what's got the ball rolling with the NFL. Like when they did their virtual that's draft, what I was, you know, that's nobody what I was, was talking yeah. about anything else. In fact, they're still not talking about anything else. This, since that draft happened, and I think that was more than a week ago now, it's been nothing but NFL talk everywhere, right? So I guess it probably has to do with that more than anything else, just to get people talking about the NHL again. That's what I think it is. But then there's other logistics that they have to think about um, before actually doing it. So 
anyhow, um, lots of questions still <laughs> surrounding yeah. that and, and everything else. So again, we really don't know where we're going right now. So hopefully next month we'll have another better update for you, but that's where we're at right now. And um, yeah, we're actually really excited. We got quite a bit to talk about. Hopefully we get through it all here. But um, the first thing uh, that we want to talk about is um, a huge development for women's hockey. Um, Earlier in the month on April the 9th, uh, Florence Schelling was announced as the GM for SC Bern in the Swiss top tier league. So that was a huge development. First female general manager of any um, any league, I think, like when, for a men's hockey league anyways. Yeah, and, men's um, league. Yeah, and uh, she's the first female to be named um, the GM of a men's professional hockey team, if I can spit that out. Yes, and, it's um, pretty... Yeah. Um, pretty amazing she is um it's it's not anything that's out of left field at all she's a a highly qualified person um she's a goaltender actually and she's a a four-time olympian for the swiss team she won uh the bronze medal um uh, with that team in sochi which was i remember quite a big deal as well because that swiss uh team has really really emerged um, they, she's represented Switzerland at 11 world championships and medaled, um, in bronze in 2012. She is the only woman to ever play in the Swiss men's national league B league, uh, which is the second highest level of hockey in Switzerland. So, um, she has quite the resume. Um, but what was really interesting actually is how she ended up getting the job. She didn't actually even apply for it. She was actually called by the team and she was super surprised to get the call. Um, and she was asked if she would be interested in the position. And so she got to thinking of it and she decided it would be a really good challenge from her for her. Um, so she discussed strategy um, and everything with them and, you know, what uh, her vision was for where the team could go. And it obviously convinced the executives that she was the right person for the job because they gave it to her um, basically without her even expressing interest uh, herself first. So, um, yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it is. And it's funny because, like you said, she didn't um, like even know that you- the job was available or like to say mm-hmm. that she was even being considered. And I read also too, when she was first started playing hockey, that she didn't even know that there was a woman's league, like in Switzerland, like they <laughs> contact, they contacted her again. Yeah. And yeah. I thought to myself, okay, what is it like a, I guess a thing with her that they just contact her so that she doesn't have to apply or she doesn't have to go there. They contacted her to, to well, be the she's Obviously she's got something special about her yeah. and, and maybe that's part of it that she doesn't even realize that she has these special qualities or these leadership qualities um, yeah. herself. So um, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I, I, in some of the reading that I, that I did, you know, in preparation for this, um, I do find that Europe is a little bit ahead of North America in this regard, as far as um, elevating women to these positions, because, um, for example, there's also another uh, woman, uh, Vicky Montegaza. She's she was just recently named the president of the Swiss League's um, uh, team of the Lugano team. And uh, also um, a Jenny 
uh, Silverstrand. She's she's a Swede, and she's just recently named the CEO of the Swedish League. So there's okay. women yeah. that are being elevated to pretty high positions uh, in Europe. Where with it, but it doesn't really surprise me in a sense because there's a lot more women that are in high levels in politics there. Excuse me, in Europe as well. So. Um, it could be some of that, but it's, uh, I think that people, you know, teams are recognizing that, uh, women have, you know, a unique perspective to offer and, um, are, yeah, are like looking at that. Yeah. Like you're saying, I mean, it's not, I guess, going back to men and the way you yeah. were saying that, um, like they're a bit ahead in, in Europe, uh, as to hiring women. But if you look at even here in North America, like, they're not even there's no European head coach like nobody right I know right that's another way of seeing that here in North America even on the male side like I'm sure there's very good male like head coaches in in Europe but true how not how none of them have come to the NHL is is just crazy I don't know exactly Um, it's it's kind of that it's still very much that sort of old boys club here, but it's starting to change. I mean, like even in the NHL head office, there's at least three women that are in executive positions. The NHLPA also has a couple of women that are in high level positions. And, um, and we're starting to see, you know, more and more, you know, even in the the ranks for referees, although uh, we did note that the NBA is, is much farther ahead with regards to, to having, um, female female officials yeah yeah i don't i don't see why it's taken this long on the referee side i like i don't especially like that doesn't make any sense to me but yeah no they did have um i guess katie gay was the one of the four women to officiate in the nhl rookie tournament last year and in Mm -hmm. september 2019 and she participated in that awesome that uh three-on-three tournament in the nhl all-star game with the Mm -hmm. the female three-on-three women's event so that was really cool and the one thing I wanted to I know a lot of people probably already know like obviously Barb Underhill works for the Leafs as their Mm -hmm. skating coach and it got me to thinking like I was reading a little bit about her too and what she's been doing with with our players and um and just like the techniques that she's teaching them like from figure skating that would help a hockey player like when it comes to like edge work and using different muscles so that they aren't wasting energy mm-hmm. and stopping and Smart. starting that sort of thing right and then i thought to myself i don't even know how to skate i thought i had the only no? time oh yeah <laughs> i know time, what you're gonna say yes <laughs> the only time i've ever skated <laughs> was on the ice of maple leaf gardens and i That's made right. That was in 94. Yeah. Was it 94? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Because I made made the one round around the ice at Maple Leaf Gardens, and I pushed myself along the sides of the boards, like basically all the way around. So I made one circle, and that's my Uh only time. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe that's just... (laughs) I remember that. Remember sitting on the Zamboni? That was the highlight for me. That was your highlight, yes. Yeah. I know. The Zamboni. (laughs) Yeah, so um, I always wanted to drive the Zamboni. Yeah, so I was thinking Why to myself, aren't there any female Zamboni drivers? I haven't seen any women Zamboni drivers either. 
We need a female Zamboni driver. Yeah, Yeah, forget about David Ayers, right? (laughs) (laughs) uh, He's had his 15 minutes of fame already. Yeah, yeah, but uh, anyhow, I thought to myself, I should maybe get some tips from Barb Underhill for skating, right? <laughs> maybe I can <laughs> learn how to skate properly. But yeah, so anyways, it's it's all coming together for women, basically, to, to be recognized um, in different roles of professional hockey, where it's mostly male-dominated. We got to move on to our Leafs talk. Yes. We actually yes. do have some Leafs talk. But before mm-hmm. we get into Leafs talk, I was mentioning to Syl, I have something to say about Brad Marchand, who's a total Uh-oh. idiot. Mm-hmm. I don't understand this person. I think he's actually obsessed with us. Like he thinks our team is obsessed with the Lee, with the Bruins, but I think he's actually it's in his head too. <laughs> because a he couple is, of but weeks, you know what? That's so funny because they've beaten us. Like yeah, I know. So what is this, what is this deal? Anyways, go on. I don't know. Anyway, go so ahead. a couple of weeks ago, he was doing one of these NHL media availability uh, interviews. Mm-hmm. And they asked him if the playoffs were start were to start in the summer, how would the Bruins do? He's like, I don't know, but I would be worried about having to face the Leafs. Out of all That's that, just such BS, myself, eh? I know. I was like, he was actually. I mean, he got me to react. I'm thinking to myself, what uh-huh. an asshole, right? But then it actually <laughs> didn't blow up at all because normally Leaf fans yeah. would be like, or the media would say, ha ha, like he's being, yeah whatever uh facetious like, yeah facetious or whatever That's a nice way of his it, u- actually his usual thing but i'm thinking to myself mm-hmm. like we're almost two months or at that point i guess it was like six seven weeks into the quarantine i'm thinking to myself you're thinking about the leaves <laughs> i'm like mm-hmm. i like oh my i don't know i just think i really idiot. don't think so, so. yeah no, i think he's just doing it just to he thought he's he a would troll. get a bigger reaction yeah yeah but um, anyhow, we'll go on to our, our, our Leafs and our player signings. And um, yeah, it was funny when this, any little bit of signing or happening mm-hmm. in hockey, if it's Leafs or not, not Leafs, like everybody's like right on it. So uh, in this case, starved, starved yeah. for any kinds of information. In this case, I think too, like, uh, I I guess we've signed Alexander Barabanov. That's the mm-hmm. uh, the kid we signed. He's 25 years old, right winger, to a one-year deal, um, entry-level deal for 925000 mm-hmm. It was interesting because I thought the only reason why, too, that people are probably so, like, I mean, obviously we're starved for the for hockey news, but then I also thought to myself, we know with the cap situation, like it's so like yeah. we don't know what's going to be going on, and um, yeah, we need some cheaper players to fill some spots, and, and so all these signings, these little signings, like we have to hope that they are the like everyone is saying, is this guy going to be the next Elio Mikheyev sort of thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we well, don't even it know. If- remains to be seen if Ilya Mikheyev can continue to be Ilya Mikheyev, right? Because yeah, who knows. You know, even even if he heals up, if his shot's going to be the same or like there's there's still so much, um, you know, that remains to be seen on that part, too, because you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Until then, he's um, playing again. Yeah. And then we, we also signed, um, I guess, the defenseman, Noel Hoffenme- Hoffenmeyer, <laughs> which uh, it's funny to be talking about these names that are like you never heard of them before. But mm-hmm. anyhow, we signed him. He's 21 years old. He was drafted by Arizona in 2017, but he never signed with them. So um, so now yeah, he's so he's a free agent. 
Yeah, so there's him, and then there's Jeremy McKenna, who's a forward, and he was an overage OHL graduate who was undrafted. And he's mm-hmm. a right winger, um, recently played in Moncton. So these these two signings, is kind of funny, there is, is more about, like they were saying, it's more about seeing potential in these two players because we don't have a lot of picks in the draft. Right. For this year, right? So we're well, trying to... I mean, to f- it's... There, there may be a bit of a gamble, but it's, it's it doesn't it doesn't hurt. It's not yeah. going to hurt to check these guys out, right? And yeah, so, and see. Yeah, so it's just basically, I guess they're trying to find other ways to f- to fill the talent, basically the, to fill the cupboard with uh, with talent. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes with these uh, three players. Anyways, obviously that Barabanov, he was the most. Uh, Whatever the media well, was going was, on about him, the most he was uh, quite a sought after player. There was uh, at least twenty teams that were interested in him. So yeah, yeah. Um, and then of course we have to get into the. Um, I guess with those signings too, you have to think of the players that you have currently on the roster, which and and their um, their contract negotiations, like obviously with Hyman. I don't think we've mentioned it before with Hyman and Freddie both going into the final years of their contracts next season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, also Rasmus Sandin and Mikheyev are both RFAs next season, which means no, they and they still and they still haven't, you know, we've still got RFAs this season, like for example, Dermot and yeah. we haven't heard yeah. anything about that, yeah. you know, going forward, but you know, he's still somebody that they'd have to sign this summer. Yeah. Yeah. So Sandine and McKay basically it's a similar situation as Marner, what he mm-hmm. went through last uh last year. Obviously they're not gonna be getting <laughs> the same money as no, I did. But <laughs> I don't um, think it's gonna be the same sort of situation with those two. But when it comes um, to RFA he, status that he was an mm-hmm. RFA, right? It's the yes. same same thing. So uh, I don't but know. it's it's not the same kind of draft class, though, because part of the situation with Marner wasn't just him and his contract. It was all the other guys that had to fall into line after him. And so that's part of what made it special is because that draft class also had a lot of really good players. So there's leverage and comparables and all of that. Um, so that's part of what what kind of messed things up there and created a lot of chaos. Actually, speaking of that, we're going back to Freddie Anderson. I was looking at that because I, I, I don't know a lot of, there's a lot of negativity in my mind. Um, like to say that we actually need to change from Freddie Anderson. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know who these people think we're going to change to. Like I was I looking know. to see what's available. Like you got to look at the style of our team too. Not every exactly. goalie can play and well, we've behind. seen that. Like, look yeah. at look at all the people that have been run out of town on a rail as right. far as goaltenders go. So, and yeah, like they're going on saying like he is going to be thirty years old. That's fine um, if he's not already. But I I looked at the other. Um, I guess because we'd need to get a number one goalie. Then, like, obviously, you can't right. just like it's not going to be Jack Campbell that's going to be our. Uh, no, and uh, number the one guys goalie. that we have that are prospects, I think, are, are still, you know, works in progress, really. Yeah. They're not They're young. ready. Not even They're close. Young. Yeah, like goalies I don't, take a while. I don't see any of those guys being like a Bennington 
you know, stepping up and just all of a sudden lighting the league on fire. I suppose it could happen, but I don't see it as of yet. Yeah. And I just, like, I don't understand, like a lot of people were, or most people are saying like Robin Leonard is the, is the, the guy to get, he's a UFA this year after this season. Right. I don't know that Robin Leonard could actually play behind like what we have as as a defense, like our our style of play, that he would I actually. No, I mean he did pretty well in Long Island, mind you. They're they're much yeah. more defensive yes. oriented club. Yes, yeah. so he's the only guy. And then actually this year also, there's Matt Murray, is a UFA. Mm-hmm. He's only twenty six. Right. And then the other ones are whole. And they piece. actually, Pittsburgh might be willing to give him up because yeah. uh, they're, they've got a young guy that's been doing pretty well. Yeah. The only thing is, I can't Marie, remember his name. Starts with a J. Yeah. Jerry, Tristan Jerry. Oh, right. That's it. Yeah. And then, um, and then there's uh, Braden Holtby, but he's also 30. Yeah. He's too old. So, I mean, when that, it comes like with him, like you may as well keep Freddie then. Yeah. Yeah, and then oh, you mentioned- the only thing is, is that he's won a cup, so that's yes. that's part of the the pedigree there, I guess. But just because he won it then doesn't mean I don't know. I've never really liked him as a goalie. Like he's not consistent enough in for my liking. I yeah. mean, I kind of feel like at least with Freddie, you know what you're going to get every night. Um, yes. he he gets his slumps. Like even with that, he's consistent, pretty consistent with his slumps too. So. Yeah. I just think with um, him too, he hasn't had all these other goalies that we've mentioned. I don't know about Leonard mm-hmm. too much, but they've all had a quality backup. Freddie has never had one. Right. No, true. In all his time here. So, well, except one, for maybe McElhaney and then well, yeah. <laughs> they let for, him go, which is a, a, a minor error. Dude messed up on that. But um, yeah, but yeah I, I just think if you actually give him a quality backup that... Mm-hmm. Like, I think he'd be fine. And he obviously, um, I don't know, there's always the chemistry too with the team that you need to have when it uh, happens. And he obviously has a chemistry with basketball and Austin Matthews in the swimming pool from last week. (laughs) 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 That was fun. But anyways, moving on to our next topic. It's actually, Freddie is actually in here too for me a little bit. Um, So we might Mm -hmm. not have a, we might have covered a lot of the discussion about him, but the Athletic had a uh, Maple Leaf fan survey uh, in April, which was quite interesting. I don't know if many of you, hopefully some of you listeners out there have uh, subscribed to the Athletic, but most, maybe some of you don't. And um, James, James Myrtle basically did this fan survey and um, there was 23 questions and we're going to go through, we picked, I picked two, Sil picked two to go through because um, we can't, we probably have three shows i think if we actually went through every question <laughs> yeah um yeah but, so um, we're gonna try to cover uh some yeah. between this this month and maybe next month as well yeah yeah so yeah so i'll basically give you my two questions the first one that i had actually and it, it does have to do with freddie anderson it was <laughs> who's your favorite member of the current leafs team and I actually, funny enough, I have a Marner jersey. Uh, yeah. It's probably because it was on sale, though. That's probably why. Because I, I, my vote was Freddie Anderson. I don't know. He's grown mm-hmm. on me. I always, and now this bothers me, though, too, because every time I like a player, they get traded. So now I'm worried. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah, this is your JVR jersey yeah. that you bought. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I had the thought in my mind when I got that jersey too, that JVR jersey. Oh, did you see? Mm-hmm. Actually, he had a little girl. Oh yeah, yeah. That's Scarlet. Nice. Scarlet. Lots of lots of NHL babies being born right now. So yeah, yeah. And I, I yeah. tweeted out. I said, "Welcome to Leafs Nation" as well, because the Flyers, <laughs> the Flyers said, "Welcome to the welcome to the Flyers family." And I said, "Welcome yeah. to you're welcome in Leafs Nation too." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, anyhow, uh, my vote was Freddie Anderson. I just like his calm, cool demeanor, and he just mm. I don't know. He's, well, he's, the overwhelming choice in the survey yes, yeah. was AM34 with <laughs> what a surprise. 40%. <laughs> and I have to say, I'm one of those people because that's who I picked also is Austin Matthews. Yeah. So yeah. I just do, do find him very exciting. Yeah. I was surprised that Zach Hyman got double the votes of Freddie. I don't know. Yeah, that is. Well, you know, hmm. I don't know. Some of that could be recency bias because of when this survey was happening, the abrupt ending of the league, where each player was, because Freddie was kind of coming out of some struggles. Hyman has been sort of on fire. So part of it could be that kind of thing. You know, it's just it's that recent feeling that you had about the player. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Interesting in that regard, though, is that Next to Austin, Morgan Riley was was um, the second most popular, which yeah. is interesting because he he was just coming back. He only played one game and he's missed a lot. But I guess people did really miss him a lot enough to vote him second. Yeah. yeah. And then what was interesting, too, all of this mm-hmm. is very interesting, actually. That's why yeah. it makes you think who was actually voting like the. Yeah, I exactly. Guess. But um Marner and Nylander were in a dead heat for third spot as a, the mm. third favorite. So that's if you basically took the, if you took that last year, let's just say yeah. when Nylander was in that right contract, would oh he, yeah, if they would have like, done this, no this way. survey last year, it would have been totally different. But that that's exactly what I was just going to say is that it's uh, a tale of their se- their two seasons. It sounds like a book, tale of two seasons, because. Marner has not been quite as good this year as he was in previous, and Nylander has been excellent. So I think that they they kind of cancel each other out. So in that regard. My second question that I thought was interesting was, what percentage chance do you believe the Leafs have of winning the Stanley Cup in the next five years? Mm-hmm. So what had, did you say? So you had from zero to 10, zero being mm-hmm. no chance, obviously, to 10 being like a lock. So mm-hmm. I voted seven. Mm, I was actually pretty close. I was actually going to do six. Really? Why? Yes. Yeah. I said eight. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Um, so seven. So is I actually, am obviously a little more optimistic than you are. Yeah. Yeah. I just think uh, seven was the most popular at 20.8% mm-hmm. of the vote. Um, and a lot of people also voted eight. It was 18.8% yes, of the vote. Me. Right, so both of us are in the in the majority, basically, and um, I don't know. I I, I think with the the defense is my issue, really. Well, of like, course, I, but five years like is a long time in hockey um, lifetime. Like five years is a long time. Like that's why. Like if if you're thinking next year, then I would say okay, fine. But in five years, you can do a lot to change your team, a lot. 
So I yeah, and, and but, still have this core. Like that's what you have to well, think. That's, in five years, we'll still have this core and you have the opportunity to make a lot of changes still. But can you keep this core? That's the thing. That's the whole, like in order to improve on the defense the way it is, mm-hmm. like, that's the big question basically to keep these four players at the salary, at the $40 million at this mm-hmm. half of the salary cap, whether or not you can actually build around them, keep them all. Well, you may have and, to get let one of them go. To me, you have you have to, and then if if that's the case, then I'd say I'd be more in the eight category. Then, like at least you can, because you'd get a quality, hopefully, defense. Well, but for example, what we were talking about earlier is that you know some some players are going to have to move out for some other younger players to come in. So, like if we're looking at say a guy like Nick Robertson, who lit the OHL on fire this year, right? Yeah. You know, for him to come in, where is he going to play? I mean, that is going to, you know, could would he take potentially uh, Nylander's spot, for example? Like, where is he going to yeah. play where he can have an impact? Because he's not going to make an impact on the third or fourth line. He needs to be a first or second line line. You know, winger, he right? needs to play. He needs to play. Exactly. Yeah, in order to have any uh, effect, like to see. So to see him so that is but that that's to me that's why like in five years you know there's there's gonna be there has to be movement which means you can't be a hundred percent in love with everybody on our roster any given year um but yeah they'll have to make some sort of move for for more d i mean obviously i there were some people that voted at 10 that it was a lock i hope i want to be in that cut that's a fair amount of percent man there's like three percent of people thought that so yeah we both want i mean deep down we want obviously to happen sort of thing but we need to be a little bit realistic too (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay so what was your what two questions did you pick Okay, so the first question that I um, picked was question 12, which was, who is your favorite Maple Leafs player of all time? Now, for this one, I thought it's like a no-brainer as to what the answer is going to be, but yeah. the but I was floored at what the actual favorite player chosen was. And by quite a large margin, it was Matt Sundin, that was chosen as the favorite player of all time, which blew my mind because I'm not a big fan of him, especially as a captain. So my favorite player who I picked was um, Doug Gilmore and he was second place, but, but quite far behind at 15%. And then I think that your favorite player <laughs> you already came in third, yeah. who is Wendell, right? Yes. But yeah. then I thought about it that this definitely um, says a lot more about who um, actually participated most greatly in this survey and the demographic that they come from. Um, I think that a lot of these are people are in that kind of 18 to 34 bracket and grew up watching Matt's mostly. And I'm like, I'm not disputing that he was not an excellent player, but as far as when he was the captain and our top player, there wasn't as much engagement because we, when the team moved to the Air Canada Center, there was not as much interaction with players as we had when we were uh, watching them at Maple Leaf Gardens. Like you could very much more interact with them and get to know them. And just the way they were splashed all over the pl- the papers, 
I, it's it to me totally this different. this yeah this this survey question is uh, speaks more to the demographic of who uh, answered it than who the actual favorite player really would be. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no argument from me. Obviously, I'm not a fan of Matt Sandin either. <laughs> um, and- no, and the guy is like disappeared too. Like you know. That should speak to it as well. Is that how involved is he? Like, I would give more props to Borja Salming yeah. because he's yeah. always there and he always shows up. And he, he, and that's that's the funny thing to me is because when Matt came here, he he basically talked to Borja and Borja, you know, kind of gave him, you know, uh, the. Yeah, a like little he, bit of a it lesson was for the in, captaincy, in basically. Leaf. Yeah, it was yeah. for the captaincy, apparently. Ballard offered Salming the captaincy and mm-hmm. he he refused it at the time and he says to this day that that was the worst decision that's what he told Matt Sundin oh, as well he when would have they been went, a great captain when they went to uh to him like to ask Matt's to be a captain like Matt's went to Salming and Salming said like yeah like yes do it like he's like that's mm-hmm. like that's the to be like it's a total honor to be the captain of an original six storied franchise and and the way the like the fans are and just everything about being a Toronto Maple Leaf like do it sort of thing right so he Mm -hmm. did it he did it but and he did it he it's not to say he he wasn't a bad captain or anything like that like it just it's just that I don't know there was just something to do with also it was always about finding something someone to play with him like with, exactly. with our players, like with Wendell and Dougie, like it, they would play with anybody and make and them make better. The better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Sundin did in some ways, but it was always about him. Not so much about yeah, the other. I, I don't know. It was, and it I never was, found that he ever had another gear. Like he was yes, so yes. good and so talented, but at one level, like that's the thing. But, you had guys like, you know, Wendell or Dougie, and there's no one who's going to say that Matt Sundin is not more talented than those guys. But those guys would take the team on their backs sometimes. Yeah. And in a very passionate, uh, um, you know, intense way, often yeah. too, yeah. Uh, which was very visible and endeared, pe- endeared people to them. Um, and that's something you never saw from from Matt. The only time that I ever saw him get excited was that one time when Wendell Clark came back the first time and <laughs> he hit yeah. the glass when he yeah. scored. Yeah. But other than that, he was the same guy every game, game in, day out, which there's something to be said for that. He's obviously super consistent and no one's going to question that. But as far as elevating or, you know, taking things up to another level, I I I didn't see enough of that from him for me. Yeah, he did to he did love do it him periodically in the playoffs. Like can give him yeah. that obviously. Like, but I don't know. It's just we not quite as memorable as no. Wendell and and Dougie. My next question uh, was uh, was the one that's right after this. So question thirteen: uh, If Kyle Dubas had to trade a core member of the Leafs in the next twelve months, who should it be? For me, I said. Nylander because I thought okay makes sense because he's he's he could make a lot of teams better he's very versatile he's talented guy uh and his cap hit is 
not ridiculous. I think people thought it was ridiculous at first, but I think we're starting to see that it's it's a it's not a bad deal for the talent that you're getting with him. But I was shocked, shocked, I tell you, that the person who received the most votes, and I think this is still basically back to the whole negotiation, it was Marner. Yeah. Which I'm like totally shocked that he's the person that people would want to see most traded. Yeah. So I, I don't, I know, what don't did you think? I, yeah, I was the same with you. I was Nylander. Um, I was mm-hmm. debating. I was almost putting Tavares, but it makes no sense to put Tavares because he's no. the captain and they're not going to trade yeah. him. And nobody's mm-hmm. going to take him with the, like, give it, or we're not going to get enough value for him given exactly. his age and, and where mm-hmm. he's at in his career. Um, and so, yeah, I picked Nylander. I, I figured, like, he's the only guy um, that technically where we could get like that stud defenseman so I picked him and with Marner I was like floored too I thought to myself okay obviously these people are like really looking at like like if it was last season again it, it would be totally flipped yeah. no and that- I know and I, I think that a lot of this is sour grapes because of the money he makes but with that regard it doesn't it also doesn't make as much sense to trade him because we're never going to get full value in that trade we'll get a better value for trading Willie. Um, and I actually thought yeah, too, I believe it. going back to Freddie, of course, because Freddie was second on this. He was at 28%. Right. Yeah. I thought mm-hmm. to myself, logically, these people that voted for Freddie, who do they think they're going to get in return as a number one goalie? Yeah. They're not going to get like nobody. <laughs> no, no, like, and they really want to put Jack Campbell in the position, like to say that he should be the number one goalie based on four games, however many he played. Yeah. I know. He's Although great. he has been working on his flexibility <laughs> over this. Uh, yeah, this no, I uh, love the guy, here. actually. Like, <laughs> he's very. He's got a great attitude. Yeah, the personality wise is, is great and, and great and attitude. And he's a really good foil to Freddie because Freddie is like so cool, calm, collected, doesn't say yeah. much, very stoic. And Campbell is like this positive, you know, energizer bunny type guy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah it's yes. a good combination, actually. Yeah, so that's why I personally think with Freddie, like I know it's dangerous, mind you, because you're going into the last year of the contract uh, right. before he becomes the UFA. And then if he ends up playing spectacular or whatever, then yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Dubas is going to have mm-hmm. to obviously figure that one out. But um, but yeah, I, I as a trade possibility, I don't see that being logical to trade Frederick Anderson no. um, and actually get a number one goalie in return that we... Mm-hmm most definitely need obviously and the two young guys that joseph wall and uh i forgot the other guy's name but anyways on the marlies they're too young they're like mm-hmm. 21 22 years old yeah and they're they're unproven too and they're not going to be able to prove anything this year because well everything's shut down so you know so yeah everything's shut down and we're gonna have to shut this down now too so <laughs> um, <laughs> And so we're just going to say, everybody stay well, stay safe, stay sane, be smart, and go Leafs, go!